I'm pleased to present our second episode of our two-part podcast, Reinventing Anna. The podcast host for this episode, Farah Damji, was recalled for poor behaviour to Fossenhall Prison shortly after this recording. This poor behaviour was based on Farah denouncing the poor conditions women in detention centres suffer and how they're neglected by the prison staff and the justice system as a whole. The following audio was a hasty recording of what Farah wanted to include in this interview. Being in prison isn't only the deprivation of your liberty, it's the deprivation of everything that defines you, your family, your friends, your clothes, your work. Everything is taken away, everything that defines you. You can only wear prison greys that blend into the grey walls and the grey prison offices and the grey skies. The trauma and daily violence just become part of everything normal. You have to find a way out, something to elevate you. For me, this is my art. I was bizarrely allowed to have drawing and painting materials and developed a skill that I had neglected since I'd left school. Anna's art is interesting. There's a shadow of Egon Schiele's erotic poses that falls over her naive fashion illustrations with labels Gucci, Chanel, Balenciaga, written beside items of clothing. The art has titles and her signature written across them, Play With Me, I'm Bored, and several others of Anna's inspiring drawings are in our autumn-winter 2023 edition, so do look out for them. We started to talk a little bit about uh, how it felt to be a migrant in America. Did you feel, in your case, let down by the justice system? Did you feel heard? I felt like the criminal justice system is just way more structured um, than the immigration one, because with immigration, you just feel like they don't have any deadlines or like any timelines. Like you have 30 days to file an appeal, but like they don't have any deadlines to like issue a decision. It's like, you know, if they want to take three years, there is no one to tell them that they can't. There's like no law in existence that would like prevent them from doing so. So it's like, it's just (sighs) the timelessness of it. It's like, you know, you can like file all this stuff, but it's like nobody owes you a decision. I think it's just, it's universal with the immigration system. You know, like even if you are um, applying for something from out of country, it's like, you know, you can apply for something, but it's like, will you ever hear back? <laughs> it's like, it's nice that there's an option, but it's like, it's no good if you actually never get a response. Yes, you're just left sort of living this life in limbo. So it's hard to make any plans or kind of look to the future, isn't it? absolutely yeah that was the hardest thing it's like that and like always being reliant on people to like do things for you because you know like if you want a book in jail it's like there's no way for you to get one other than like asking like your parents or your friends or uh whatever like um to, to send one for you and that's like goes for everything like somebody needs to go put money on your book somebody needs to like do xyz for you it's just like you're always relying on people to do stuff for you without being able to reciprocate, you know? And it's like always like this take, take, take relationship. I don't know. I mean, it's like it doesn't feel good. Like just like always, oh, well, I'm in jail. Just do this for me, you know? Yeah, it, it forces you to be very vulnerable. And I imagine you're someone who likes to be in control. So it's hard to be vulnerable and relying on people. And you know, as we touched on before, it's not the most brilliant people or the most helpful people that end up in those systems. And even if they do at the beginning, you know, that gets kind of beaten out of them. Um, I want to ask you about your art, which is so fantastic and so beautiful. Did you always draw? 
Pretty much. I mean, I guess, yes. It was not constant. I did it like in spurts. I was drawing as a kid, obviously. We had like art classes in school and it's like in a college prep. And then um, I went to Parsons in Paris. I attended the fashion illustration um, classes. And um, from there, I like, kind of like abandoned that a little bit. But you still like learn to like um, operate like with the concepts of like the shape and the light, and, like, you know, shading, how to like how things look on flat surfaces, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of fashion illustration influence in your drawings. And tell us about how you had to get art materials smuggled in because you you weren't even allowed to have um, art materials. That's shocking. Even in English prisons, we can have art materials and they're pretty barbaric. I'd say like the prison is actually more permissive than a jail in New York. So it's like in prison, you can get all kinds of stuff. Like you can get erasers, all kinds of like, colors as long as like they don't contain any alcohol you can get pretty much anything while in jail it's like very restrictive i don't know for whatever reason because the people who are there that they have not been convicted of a crime yet so i don't know it's really interesting actually to like observe that but it's like i could not get paper larger than nine by twelve so i mean it's like what kind of danger could possibly like larger paper could have posed, you know, it's like, why? you might do a Christo and wrap yourself in it and then post yourself or something. I guess. Uh, yeah. That's probably <laughs> the main concern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could not have watercolors because like, Oh, well, your makeup did not make it in. I'm like, what makeup? <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Love that. So you could have painted yourself as a parrot or something. So how did you how did you get the watercolors in? I did not. I never had any. Everything that I've done, it was like with pen and uh, pencil. The pens that we have, they are like the security pens. They are like flexible, so you can stab anybody with them. (laughs) Yeah. Lovely. Tell me about the over the eyes. When you draw yourself, you draw sort of a, a black stripe across your eyes what does that represent it's the play on like you know when you have like the crime shows and like they're trying to hide your identity oh yes it kind of like assumes that you're like a criminal or something or like (laughs) (laughs) so it's kind of like a play on that a little bit i love that they look like very glamorous sunglasses actually they look great how is your art doing? I know you've got um, limited edition run of prints and some originals for sale now. How how are they doing? How are they selling? Great. I mean, um, yeah, it's been getting like a ton of publicity. I am actually doing like a big thing tomorrow where like an artist is coming over and she's like giving me a masterclass in acrylics. And uh, we're like filming us doing that. But um, yeah, so I like I was able to get all kinds of stuff. I have like all kinds of supplies, all kinds of canvases. So I'm very excited to be able to experiment with those new um, like tools that I have at my disposal. Yeah, it's exciting. I love getting new art materials. It's almost, it's, I used to buy handbags and Chanel and now I just am obsessed with brushes and paints. It's fantastic. Much better obsession, much cheaper. Um, tell us about what you're working on now. What sort of art are you, what's your next um project what's your next art piece going to be i'm looking to implement some like color 
and just like using different tools and different surfaces. So like, as I said, I was able to like get all these canvases as opposed to like watercolor paper that I've been using while in jail. And I'm like working with you know, like squares and round surfaces and the wood panels. So I have some of those and I just have like, yeah, watercolors that I wasn't able to have while I was in jail and acrylics and all kinds of like gold, silver paint. So I can have like pretty much anything I want, whatever like it's going to get into my doors. It's exciting. It's like, you know, when you can just like, when you get, when you go from nothing to like everything, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? So it's like, I'm just going to experiment, I guess, and see what's going to fit. That's fantastic. That's that's such a great opportunity. It's brilliant. So your day, I know you have a house arrest situation, but you're not restricted what you can do except for social media. You have you have well limited freedom, but at least you're out. You're in your house. What does that feel like? Are you allowed to go out for a walk? Are you allowed to get any fresh air? Can you go to the gym? Um, well, I'm allowed to move within my building, and it's like if my building had a gym or a pool, I'd be able to go there. So I'm like, I'm probably I'm looking to move somewhere bigger. But now it's like it's really funny because we just asked the judge for modification, and he denied that. So it's like I can leave, like if I feel like I'm dying. (laughs) (laughs) But pretty much for anything else, I would be a no. Oh God, it's not good. In order to like go see doctor, I need to have some serious symptoms for me to justify that. I mean, it's interesting. Tell me, um, you have such a great platform now. You know, you've come out, you've done your time, you've paid your dues, you've made restitution, you know, quite a lot of restitution. What are your thoughts about using your platform to make the justice system better? Because as I said before, I've read some of your writing about the flaws in the justice system when it comes to women. But would you like to use your platform to to help make it better for women who come after us and and how would you like to do that yes absolutely so actually like i am in touch with uh, like multiple of like criminal justice and immigration reform organizations uh, they're like based in new york and washington and uh, that would be in the context of my dinners so it's like ideally what i would like to achieve with it is basically to bring the attention like whatever with all the celebrities I'm about to have it's like you know it's like kind of like the to offer them the media impact value and just like to shine the light on the issues that I've personally been through like I can relate personally to and and sorry how would you do that did you say with your dinners that's right so it's like I mean there are so many ways to do that so it's like I'm just mm. trying to connect with people who are experienced in that field good because you have an important message and you've done your time and your voice matters and and you've gone through experiences that most people won't have and and you have a platform so you know use it it's it's brilliant that you want to do that finally i wanted to ask you what would be better alternatives to prison for women there's a really interesting intersection that we've covered slightly about migrant women well women and the way that we're treated by the justice system. What do you think would be better to help these women who are let down by the services meant to assist them? So like, I mean, for immigration or for criminal? Because it's just like so different because I feel like it's so unjustified that people with immigration offenses 
would end up being subjected to the same conditions as somebody who committed a crime because you end up pretty much criminalizing immigration because, you know, just because you like done something wrong for immigration purposes, I would feel like it, would, it should be like if somebody chooses like to take away all your freedom and like, like all the choices that you, that you can possibly make for yourself, they would need to provide like support as in terms of like some kind of like a counseling Somebody who would sit you down and say, it's like, oh, well, why did you do what you've done? It's like, you know, how can we prevent that from happening? That did not happen to me personally. It's like, you know, they just take away everything from you. Like they make you comply with like this arbitrary program that may or may not be good for everybody. Everybody just gets the same treatment. It's no matter what you've done. It's like if you killed, I don't know, your boyfriend or whatever, like, or if you like told like a gram of cocaine i don't know like everybody just gets the same treatment and that should not be the case so you got no mental health support while you were in prison or in jail no i mean all they offer you would be like medication oh gosh and i have a last question for you which is there's been so much written about you and so much obviously um portrayed about you in the papers netflix obviously Everywhere, everywhere you look, there's a Anna Delvey story. How do you feel about that? And do you feel that you own your own story now? This is what I'm attempting to achieve that now. I don't feel like that one my story because I feel like the Netflix narrative was like kind of ubiquitous and just like took over everything. So even reasonable people keep thinking like this is actually me and this is the real version of me, which is not the truth. Yeah, so I felt like people just take fiction for reality. So I will forever have to, like, fight against that that perception. I mean, I don't know, like, about forever, but maybe for, like, an extended period of time, definitely. But you can blame them because that was, like, the only version of me that was out there. Did, but did so you th- participate in that um, Netflix documentary? I mean, yes and no. The way I was approached with it, it was like, well, um, Netflix bought the story from uh, New York Magazine and Jessica Pressler because, you know, she's they are the ones who own the rights to it. And they were like, well, we are doing it anyways. It's like, if you want to be part of it, like, we're going to get you on as a consultant. Like, if not, not a big deal. So it's like, it was not presented to me in a way. It's like, oh my gosh, we need you. And like, otherwise we won't do anything. So it's like, it was like, I was always in damage control mode with that whole thing. That must be incredibly traumatic to have your story and your life story hijacked like that told through someone who's quite hostile. That that must be very traumatic for you. And I hope that you do succeed in reclaiming your own narrative because I think that's really important. And I know for me, I paint. And I know for me that my art and my writing has really helped me to reclaim who I am and tell my own story, whatever's written about me or people, you know, want to write about me. It it kind of really helps me. So I hope that, I hope that helps you too. Thank you. I mean, yeah, definitely. It's like, I, I found like different ways of dealing with what's happening to me. It's like, I guess, yes. Um, just like being creative and creating, uh, like drawing and making my art was like one way an outlet, like something to focus on, something I feel forward to a way to like express my feelings and thoughts on things that happened to me. So it was a huge outlet, definitely. 
So, Anna, this next edition of The View, which is the magazine that we publish, is going into women's prisons, detention centres and women's centres all over England. We've got some funding from Lush, which is the um, handmade cosmetic company. They've given us some funding to print this edition. Um, we would be absolutely delighted if you'd share with us a drawing to to publish in the magazine, because I think it would really would really mean a lot to the women in prison, because sometimes... As you know, when we're there sitting inside those four walls with the door slammed shut and no light and no air, you really can't see how you're going to how you're going to get through this, how you're going to get to the end of this. And sometimes seeing someone like you who's got through it and kind of turned it on its head and is making a success of her life and saying, yeah, this happened to me, but I've moved on. It would be such a pleasure to publish one of your drawings. So please think about sending us a drawing for the next edition of the magazine and we'll make sure that you get some um, print copies as well because I think your story would really reach some of the women who you know, you're trying to reach and that we're reaching as well. Yeah, absolutely. And is there anything, Anna, that you would say to your 16-year-old self, to your younger self? You know, sometimes we look back. I'm a lot, lot older than you, but sometimes we look back and think, God, if I would have known that when I was 16, my life would be so different. Is there anything that you would like to say to your 16-year-old self? I mean, just like believe in yourself and um, like trust your gut. And I know it's like, it's fine to make mistakes. That's how you learn because, you know, obviously I'm not the, the first person to be alive, to grow up. It's like, it just doesn't resonate the same way. Like if somebody tells you, how things work as opposed to like when you just find them out the hard way <laughs> just stay true to yourself and yeah that's that's great advice is there anything else that you'd like to say to end this podcast to the people listening so we have a huge variety of people listening we have lots of lawyers and judges and policymakers to end off what's the last word from anna delvey well, just like kind of always believe in what your end goal is. I'm like, don't really like take advice that you don't, <laughs> that you don't want to hear. This is like what happened to me, for example. So many people told me that I will, like ICE will never let me out and I will be deported. That there's just no way that I will be let out in New York and like, look at me now. So it's like the laws are fluid. They change all the time and you just need to find the right lawyer who would just like, will want to push your vision through. So. That's excellent advice. That's really brilliant advice. And I just want to add that if there's anything at all that we can do to help you to amplify or anything that, you know, we can do to help in any way, then we're here. You're part of our family now, of our Rebel Justice family. Of so <laughs> stay in touch. And I'm sure we'll do another one when there's progress on your immigration status. And as I said, if if there's anything at all that that we can do to help and to amplify, then we are here. Awesome. Of course. Anna, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure and good luck, really best of luck with your legal proceedings. And I really hope that your art brings you some joy and some peace and that you're actually allowed to have, you know, the rest of your life to discover these places where, where you find some happiness. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for listening to this two-part podcast, Reinventing Anna. If you'd like to learn more about Anna's experience in art, as well as the bizarre phenomenon of sexsomnia, a diagnosis that's been used as a defense in rape cases, 
as well as how climate emergency affects women disproportionately around the world, go to www.theviewmag.org.uk where you'll find our latest autumn winter 2022 edition of The View magazine. Thank you very much and see you next time.